If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheiks are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheiks bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212. This is the World According to Zig podcast for March 22nd, 2020. My name is John Ziegler. This is the show where you can still get the truth about the news of the day from a conservative perspective in this world turned now completely and totally upside down. We are uh, speaking to you today uh, from Los Angeles, California, doing so very bravely. We have not been shut down as of yet. That's... uh, you know, we'll still find out in the future how long that will hold, uh, how long we'll be able to continue doing these uh, podcasts. But uh, since I did an individual one podcast largely on the coronavirus crisis, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com, which is our website, and via my Twitter feed, which is Zygmunt Freud, and the Twitter feed of the Individual One podcast, which is at Individual, the number one pod. And I urge you to do that because that deals with most of the political elements and specifically those related to Donald Trump, of the coronavirus crisis. Uh, This episode of the World According to Zig podcast will be more on a personal level, especially since this week California officially shut down. And obviously I live in Southern California. In a few moments, we're going to have a a fascinating interview with my 77-year-old mother-in-law and her view of what we're doing here in California and around the world and whether or not It makes sense to be protecting people like her by shutting down all of life out of fear of this uh, pandemic called uh, the coronavirus. Uh, But first, a few other uh, thoughts and general thoughts about what's going on, uh, specifically here in California. I wrote a column about the shutdown of California ordered by Governor Gavin Newsom, which I hope you will check out. You can find that if you just Google me and Gavin Newsom or go to one of our Twitter feeds and you'll find it there. And the basis for his shutdown statistically is a farce. Uh, He claimed that 56% of Californians would get the coronavirus in the next eight weeks. And I explain in great detail why that is an absurd and irresponsible presumption and prediction, one that has created a no-lose situation for him, where very selfishly, no matter what happens, he's a hero. If it doesn't happen, he stopped it. If it did, he did his best to stop it and uh, you know, took uh, unprecedented measures, shutting down the entire state, the largest state in the country, 40 million people, destroying our economy, and uh, he did what he could do. 
I don't believe it was warranted. I don't believe it was justified by real statistics or real projections. Uh, you want to shut down parts of the state that are uh, most in most danger, that's fine. But California is an incredibly, incredibly diverse state geographically. It is a diverse state demographically. It is incredibly large. It's got a massive population. What's happening in San Francisco is not relevant to what's happening, for instance, where I live in Ventura County just north of Los Angeles. As of right now, we have 26 cases and no deaths. Well over 500 tests have been done in Ventura County. Uh, that is a minuscule positive result, uh, about 4 or 5% positive result, indicating a lot of people are panicked enough to go get tested when they don't really need it and they don't actually have it. Now, whether or not we're bracing for a, a huge onslaught, no one knows, but there's no indication right now of a massive number of people in the pipeline with regard to testing or going to hospitals, and there's no indication with regard to deaths. Because right now we have a minuscule number of deaths statewide, none in the county where I live. But we're shutting everything down because we are a very liberal state. We're living in a, in, in a panic. Everyone is wussified. No one is willing to stand up. Everyone is willing to enforce this governor's shutdown edict for him. And let me give you a great example. Let me give you a great example of what I see as the coming red state, blue state divide in how not just here in California, but around the country, we are going to react to this. And I think this could end up being one of the most crucial narratives going forward in the next few weeks of this emerging and, and increasing crisis, at least from a data standpoint. And here's what I mean by that. Taking this out of the theoretical and put it into the practical, within just a few minutes, listen to this, folks, within just a few minutes the other night, uh, after uh, Governor Newsom's shutdown order, we got an email from my private golf club, private golf club, which is in the middle of basically nowhere, uh, saying that uh, we are shutting down operations completely. They'd already shut down everything other than the golf course. Uh, in an effort to try to give people some semblance of a respite during uh, you know, this incredibly difficult time when golf is obviously the sport that is least dangerous because it's played on a massive field outside with no real social interaction. Uh, and you know, obviously golf is, it should be in a different category, although it, for some reason golf is wimping out and not treating itself as being in a different category. So we get the notice that it's, a sh it's totally shut down. Then Friday night, Two things happen within a couple of minutes for two different places that were, are within a few miles of each other. My golf course decides to reverse course, which made me incredibly happy and because I was so depressed after the original edict, not just because of what it was going to do to the fact that I couldn't play golf for a month and therefore was going to gain 15 pounds at least and be depressed and, and be a complete shut-in and, and uh, who knows what other horrible things would happen in the next month because of, of the deterioration of morale and what have you. So I was thrilled about that, but I was also thrilled about the fact that someone was willing to stand up and say, wait a minute, this is irrational. We are a private club. People should be able to come on our property and uh, swing a club at a ball. I mean, they've done all sorts of things for precautions. No more carts. Uh, one of the funniest things that they have done is that you're not allowed or not, you're not supposed to touch the flag stick. And in order to f help facilitate this, they actually created this mechanism within the cup 
where your ball doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the cup and you can just pick it out of the cup without, I guess, the coronavirus getting all over the ball at the bottom of the cup. So your ball doesn't end up getting uh, contaminated with all the other balls that go to the bottom of the cup. I mean, obviously, they're doing everything they can to cover their butt, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because at least there's currently still a place for us to go. I'm not confident that that's going to maintain itself even till the end of this day because now that some places have had the audacity to stand up and say we're not shutting down, the authorities are cracking down further. And in Los Angeles County, there has been an order to shut down all golf courses. Now, I don't know for sure whether or not that impacts private courses, but I guarantee you, because everyone's wussified, the private courses are going to go right along with the, the public courses. And once L.A. County has done it, my guess is the wimps in Ventura County are going to say, well, we got to do it too, even though we have zero deaths in our county and only 26 known cases in a county with 900,000 people. So within minutes of getting this notice that the golf course is reopening, my daughter's school system sends out a notice that, get this, because of the governor's shutdown order, the previous plan for parents to pick up their children's school books on Monday has been scrapped. That's right. We are not allowed to go to our kids' school because of the governor's shutdown order because I guess that's not an essential activity. It's somehow not essential. I mean, there's all sorts of things that are open under the guise of being essential. But it's not essential for us to be able to go pick up our children's textbooks because that somehow would be a violation of the governor's order and somehow uh, endangering everyone from spreading the coronavirus. It's just flat out ridiculous. Again, in an area where there has been almost no sign of this so far, no confirmed cases, in, in the city in which the school is, four confirmed cases Four and none in in the last uh, several days, if not longer than that. But I just found that fascinating that within minutes and within miles, two totally different organizations, one clearly a red state conservative, the golf community, and one uh, very blue state, a, a California uh, public school system, you can't get more liberal than that, uh, reacted in a very different way. Now, I believe that the red state here in California, because we have no foothold, we have no one supporting us, is going to eventually cave. And I will be shocked if by the next time I speak to you, either on this podcast or the Individual One podcast, that our golf course hasn't once again reversed itself and decided to shut down. Uh, and and I'm, I'm well aware that uh, whether or not I get to play golf is not nearly the most, anywhere close, the most important thing going on here. I'm using it as an example of how social pressure works and how uh, people are acting irrationally. And, uh, you know, as another example of this, my kids can't go to our park across the street because that's been closed off. Uh, again, because the local authorities... There's no sign of any coronavirus anywhere, but they're terrified of social pressure. Even my wife is terrified of the social pressure of even going over to the park and walking around because uh, of the, the mob mentality of, oh my gosh, you can't do anything that uh, might spread the virus. Uh, you're, you're somehow a bad person if, if you even uh, go outside. Uh, th that's the insanity of this. And I don't know where this is headed. No one does. I go into great detail in the individual one podcast about what the data says and what it does not say. We don't know. 
but we are destroying our way of life, not just in the short term, but in the long term as well. We are destroying it. I don't know how we get through the next month. I, and that's you know that's the the best case scenario that this shutdown only takes a month. There's going to be all sorts of unintended consequences of this. There's going to be uh, increased alcoholism. There, you know, I'm I'm already drinking a lot more alcohol than I normally do. Uh, there's going to not that I'm an alcoholic, but I mean I might be by the end of this. Uh, th- there's going to be all sorts of uh, domestic abuse. There's going to be suicides. There's going to there's going to be murders. Uh, there, there's going to be all sorts of things that no one wants. To pre- I mean, the governor wants to pretend that we're all just going to like go, like we're going to be frozen, like it's the movie Frozen, and we're just going to freeze ourselves, uh, or go, go into a collective coma for a month, and then somehow we'll come out and everything's going to be okay. Uh, no way. No, no chance in the world of that happening. You cannot be serious! That's not the way the real world works. And, you know, speaking of the real world, we saw a, uh, you know, a, a very another real world minor implication of all this on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day was essentially canceled. Uh, I understand it. I get it. I'm not in favor of uh, large gatherings of crowds. I think that uh, sporting events should have, uh, if they could go on, depending on the nature of the sport, like golf, uh, go on without spectators. I get that. I'm, I am not militant about this. I'm not delusional. I am, I'm all in favor of taking all precautions whatsoever. So St. Patrick's Day was basically canceled. But you didn't. no one told Grace Ziegler that. And uh, Grace Ziegler has decided over the last several years that her, her goal, much like her uh, never-ending attempt to try to find Bigfoot, which she's still trying to do almost on a daily basis. She wanted to try to catch a leprechaun. So she created a very cute leprechaun trap. It was a little box, and it had a, a, a rainbow on one side and a pot of gold that she had created on the other side. And inside there was clover and, and pieces of fake gold and some coins and whatever. And so she's putting this out the night before uh, St. Patrick's Day. This was the night of March 16th. And so I, uh, I videotaped her putting out the uh, the leprechaun trap because she wanted to send a message to everybody. She's now very popular on social media, and she she's become very good at her presentations here, I think partially because of her many appearances here on the World According to Zig podcast. But here is a great Ziggler putting out her leprechaun trap on the evening of March 16th, and the there are a couple of references here to the coronavirus. Keep in mind, this is before... The governor locked down the whole state. At this point, only those over the age of 65 were locked down, which is an issue we'll get to with my mother-in-law shortly. But this is what it sounded like with Grace Ziegler the evening of March 16th. And, I, boy, I really wish you could see the expression of her face when she references the stupid coronavirus. This is my leprechaun chat. We may not have the Leprechaun's Day, whatever it's called, um, this year because of this stupid coronavirus. But still, leprechauns are still coming to my house. Last year they did. And so... So what do you got this, here? This is a rainbow. No, but is, this, is, this a, so, is this your leprechaun trap? Yep. And so, so you, this is the rainbow. This okay. is the rainbow. And on the sides there's... Pots of gold, so uh-huh. I think it's pots okay, of gold. rainbows, pots so, of gold, that's so, good. So fly into here, and then I'll land into this attractive so, leprechaun. So, so what, what's in there that's going to attract the leprechaun? Gold. Gold well, stuff? Yeah, like. I see some clover in there. And also there's shiny green stuff, like yeah. this. 
I see, well, I see some coins too. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's so, the gold. So this is all so that you can trap a leprechaun. Uh huh. Yeah. What do you What do you think your chances are? Um, maybe getting a note and some chocolate gold. Oh, so you don't really expect to trap an actual leprechaun. Well, if I do, I'll be lucky as hell. Lucky as hell. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. What gave you the idea for a leprechaun trap? Um, because that's the only way to get a leprechaun. I'm not sure that's even legal here in California to trap leprechauns. Well, you're not, they're not allowed to be out. So. Well, yeah, because the the virus and all, they're not even allowed out. Especially if they're old. They're most of them are over 65, so they're they're not allowed outside. No. Most of them are 154. Okay. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. 65. Over 65, they're not allowed outside. Good. All right, well, good luck with your leprechaun trap. You want to wish everyone a happy, thank- happy Thanksgiving. Happy Pat- St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day or Leprechaun Day, whatever it's called. Bye. So that was the, the evening of the 16th. Sadly, Grace did not catch a leprechaun. Uh, however, there were some uh, gold coins that were actually pieces of chocolate that were left in her leprechaun trap. I'm not sure how they got there. I, I, I have my theories about how they got there, uh, but Grace uh, seemed to be satisfied enough. Uh, there was no note this year. Apparently, that would have been a violation of the governor's orders for a leprechaun to leave a, a note. Um, now, being more serious for a second, Grace has so far handled this remarkably well, considering the stress that she sees everyone else under and the confusion that this causes. And, you know, she's been pretty well behaved. Now, that, that might, might be because we have promised her that she, if she's well behaved, she gets to finally see her favorite uh, TV show, which we've banned until now, on Monday. So we'll see what happens after that restriction is lifted. Uh, but I cannot imagine that this is going to maintain itself. I mean, she's going to be out of school now uh, for at least a month, uh, probably longer than that. and well, Actually, at least five or six weeks, uh, based upon the, the most recent edict from the, the wussified school system. Uh, uh, it is fantastic that she and Diana are now playing with each other on a daily basis, and thank God they get along well, at least for now. But I just cannot imagine how this is going to be able to maintain itself. And I think that that's going to go for society as a whole. I just do not – this is all going to crumble, especially as things get worse and worse, especially as the statistics get worse and worse. People panic more and more. The restrictions get more and more because the governor is pissed off that we're not uh, obeying his edicts enough. Uh, I'm, you know, once my golf course is shut down, I, I, I see no good scenarios here uh, going forward. And that's, by the way, even if the virus doesn't turn out nearly as bad as the worst projections. And as I've already referenced, the worst projections on which this uh, shutdown was based are completely and totally fraudulent, irresponsible, and counterproductive, scaring the hell out of people for the sole reason and purpose of justifying a statewide shutdown that. Gavin Newsom wanted, I believe, uh, simply to, to show how uh, against the virus he is, and 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 how important he is, and you know he wants to, you know if New York's going to do it, he's going to do it. Maybe he'll do it first. It's 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 just a it's a constant contest. It's a me too. It's everyone outbidding each other to show how against the virus they can be and how uh, much they can virtue signal. Again, I am. I want to emphasize one more time, I'm all in favor of all rational precautions, but I believe that based upon the current data we have, and part of the problem is the data sucks, uh, that, that these actions are not justified. And let me give you an example of why my BS detector on Gavin Newsom is darn near a 10. 
because when he uh, did this order, uh, the next day he did a, uh, it was almost like he did his own talk show uh, live on television where he took questions. And one of the things he said to justify having shut down the entire state, an unprecedented action, unprecedented, especially with a state of that size in the history of the country, the most impactful uh, decision by a governor in the history of the United States of America. Part of his justification was that the state had done secret random testing and that this helped inform their decision to shut the state down. Really? Really? Okay, there are so many problems with this and so many things that smell to high heaven number one i thought we didn't have enough tests i thought we did not have enough tests uh i thought that there was going to be a situation where uh you know because of donald trump we had to conserve every test we could possibly save so wait a minute you're telling me one we don't have enough tests for a state of 40 million people but we're gonna use tests to randomly test people who don't even want to be tested who have no symptoms what really come on you cannot be serious right there that makes no sense now some will argue well no this was this was a big picture uh strategy john they they were using these tests to random test because they thought that in the long run that would be more beneficial than uh, than using these tests to test people who actually think they have symptoms. That doesn't make any sense to me based upon the level of panic and the level uh, of complaining about the lack of tests. But okay, that's only one hurdle for me to believe that Gadaman Newsom is telling the truth. That's a big one, but it's not the only one. Okay, so they did this random testing. Um, riddle me this. How do they get people to engage in an incredibly invasive test? This is not just a quick swab. This is an incredibly invasive test without telling them what they were testing them for, especially in this environment where everyone's panicked as hell. And if they did do that, if they told people what they were testing for, that dramatically impacts the sample size. Then we go to the issue of the sample size. How in the world could you possibly, for a state as large, as geographically diverse, as demographically diverse as California? It's literally the largest, most diverse, uh, geographically diverse, demographically state, not just in the country, but arguably of its kind in the world. So you can't just go outside of Sacramento and decide that uh, you know we're going to take uh, 12 people and we're going to test them and see what happens. you got to test throughout the state. you got to do this in an extensive way. That means, one, it's going to take a lot of tests, which supposedly you don't have. Number two, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of manpower. It's going it's, it's to be, I mean, my gosh, I wish somebody would tweet, yeah, I got uh, randomly tested by the state of California. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet no one does that because I don't think this happened. And another reason why I don't think this actually happened is not only would it take away important resources, it would take a lot of time. Logistically, it seems impossible given the nature of the state. We would have heard about it. Somebody would say, yeah, I got randomly tested. But also, they're not releasing the results of the test. They're not releasing the results of the test. And when you're not releasing the results of the test, I smell bullcrap. Blasphema!
I, I smell bullcrap. I really do. Blasphemer! Because that doesn't make any sense. If you are shutting down the state of California based upon secret random testing, show us the damn data. And to my knowledge, that has not been released in any way, shape, or form. That smells like something you say when you are afraid that you don't have enough legitimate data to justify what you did, and you're saying to people, trust us, we know more than you. We're not going to tell you what it is, because that might scare you further, uh, which, of course, is the basis of this whole thing, but we're not going to show you. So, look, is it possible there was some minor random testing in some way? Sure, that's possible. But the idea, I will, I will bet almost anything, that there was not statewide uh, legitimate large sample of random testing that came up with results to justify a statewide shutdown. I do not believe that happened, and I don't believe we're going to ever have any evidence that that happened. And that makes me even more skeptical of the shutdown, because that's the kind of stuff you do or say when you are desperate for some justification that does not currently exist. And look, that could all change. And I'm positive the numbers are going to go up much higher here in California. Much higher. We have a very low death rate right now. The number of cases is going to go way up as testing increases. I'm hopeful that they will stay in the, in the realm of, of something manageable. But from a historical standpoint, in a state with 40 million people, we are nowhere near, nowhere near a situation of catastrophe. We aren't even close yet to a really bad flu situation. Again, that can all get much worse, and I'm not suggesting we don't do everything we can to inform people and take every rational precaution. But you are going to create massive permanent damage here in the state of California, and it's being followed in other states as well. Most of this right now is in New York and Washington State. They have real crises. New Jersey maybe as well. They have real crises. California appears to me to be doing this out of virtue, virtue signaling, me too, government overreach, the ultimate nanny state situation in a way that is cutting off its, its nose to spite its face. And it's going to get really bad from a cultural standpoint. Now, I wanted to speak to my 77-year-old uh, mother-in-law, Valerie, for a number of reasons. Uh, one, because she is right in the target demographic of the people we are trying to protect. She is 77 years old. Her husband is 80 years old and in very bad health. He's got breathing problems. He's got medical issues. He just got out of major surgery, which was part of why I wanted to talk to her, because of her efforts to defy the governor's edict in order to just visit her 80-year-old husband. And uh, much to my surprise and, and to my delight, she agreed to speak to us. And here is a fascinating interview uh, with far more common sense than you're likely to hear almost anywhere else with my mother-in-law, Valerie. So, Val, how are you and your husband doing with the quarantine life? Oh, well, we're just staying home and doing what we're told. <laughs> um, Wait a minute. You, know, you, you, a you, you, you are doing what you're told? I'm, I'm, this is new information to me. <laughs> we were trying to, John. But uh, Jan got sick, and he ended up in the hospital, so I had to take him down there in the middle of the night. And so 
Yes, life has been interesting. Well, that's part of why I wanted to speak to you, because uh, it was only a week ago, although it seems it must seem like a lot longer than that. It does for me. Uh, but a week ago, uh, your husband, who is 80 years old, had to have surgery for something completely unrelated to coronavirus. Yes. And, uh, and you were actually, uh, um, there was an attempt made to keep you from visiting him in the hospital. Is that correct? Because of your yes. age? Because of your age and the restrictions put out there by the governor that no one over the age of 65 was supposed to be out. So, so tell me what happened when you tried to visit your husband in the hospital. Well, they tried to stop me. Uh, told me I couldn't go in because you so. now now you're 77 years old, and mm -hmm. and your husband is 80. So they tried to stop you from visiting your husband in the hospital because of this this edict coronavirus, right? The edict mm -hmm. from the governor, Governor Newsom here in California, uh, from preventing anyone from over the age of 65 from going outside. So what did you do? I lied. <laughs> <laughs> So you're 77 years old, and, and you lied about your age. What did you tell them? I told them I was 63. 60, good for you. So you told them you were 63, and do you think they bought it? I don't know whether they did, but I kept on walking, John, because he, they were not going to stop me from seeing my husband. Well, that's, I, I have no problem knowing you, uh, envisioning that scenario. And what, what I love about what you did was, see, they were preventing you because they were afraid of the governor's edict because they're a bunch of wimps. But then you used their wimpiness against them because they were also too wimpy to call you on your lie about your age. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you lie well, you just get through. But, you know, uh, when, when there's a stupid rule, you just break the rule, which I don't usually break rules. But when there's stupid rules, people break the rules. All right. Well, and, and so I was glad that you did that because obviously you should be able to see your 80-year-old husband in the hospital after pretty significant surgery. Mm -hmm. now, now, he is back home with you. You are somewhat... Uh, abiding by the rules of quarantine life, although for some reason you guys went outside the other night and it was a disaster. Uh, you want to talk about that, or you want to explain what the heck happened there? Oh, well, we were just trying to move the car because the battery had gone flat, and uh, then we ended up with a flat battery and had to call the AAA. <laughs> So here you are, you're, you're 77 and 80 years old, uh, your husband's in, in not good health, and he's got breathing problems as it is, and you're outside in violation of quarantine and the car breaks down. Now, you then had to be interacting with a whole bunch of people, didn't you? I mean, we're, I mean there wasn't this... It's very hard not to interact with anybody. Uh-huh. But... We were trying to follow the rules, but we had to have AAA come and fetch us, and they had to tow the car down to the mechanic. Uh, it, the mechanic was closed, so we just parked the car there after towing it. And then um, we had to call my son-in-law and beg him to give us a ride home. And, and did your son-in-law? Yes. Well, he, he's we a sat in the back. And we tried not to breathe on each other, and then he just dropped us at our house. Okay. Well, and, and for the record, while I'm also your son-in-law, I live much further away, so that's why you didn't call me, right? That's true.
too. Okay, I just want to make I want to make it, I want to make it clear that uh, that somehow you didn't have faith in, in me as your son-in-law to come get you. Oh uh, well, you don't live too close. You're far away. <laughs> well, actually, you live only a couple miles from where we're doing this interview, but we can't be in in the same room together because that would be a violation of uh, of quarantine. <laughs> but so so Val is is a seventy seven year old who is in the target demographic of who we're trying to protect here, and obviously your husband is even more so since mm-hmm. he's 80 years old he's a male and he's got breathing issues and underlying health problems uh, what is your level of of fear in comparison to what is perceived to be the level of fear of the rest of the public here in california well my my level of fear is i don't fear death because i'm at the age where i am lucky to catch anything and i probably would die of something other than the coronavirus any any sort of health issue uh, could maybe you know result in either one, either my husband or myself dying. So what and, do you go ahead? Well, that's why I think that the elderly population should be told that they are the ones that should be um, quarantined, and and they should self isolate. You know, in order that you know we don't become. Uh, ill with the virus, and we should follow all the rules. But I don't see why the rest of uh, society should shut down so that um, we can be safe. So you're suggesting, as someone in this target demographic that we're trying to protect, I mean, you could not be more in this demographic, you and your husband. Uh, and by the way, I, I hear, your, I hear uh, your husband talking in the background. Is he trying to advise you on what to say and not say? No, I won't let him. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think so. All right, that, that's the Valerie I know. Um, okay, so so it's your belief that we ought to be uh, doing this in in a, a systematic fashion rather than widespread. That the the people that are most vulnerable, those are the people whose lives should be completely restricted, and not and not everybody else. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, well, what, what about the fact, then, that you wouldn't be able to see your grandkids for, for the duration of this? Which, you're, well, which, by the way, you're probably not going to be able to anyway. Uh, well, I, if, my grand, if I'm being isolated, that doesn't mean to say that all the grandchildren should be isolated. They should continue with their activities. Because, and, and they should just, in, I think what should happen is they should increase the testing so that anybody that is ill is being... Uh, isolated now, because even the healthy elderly will probably recover. Well, now see, see what you just said there is blasphemy because you know we're, we're supposed to believe that this is the the worst uh, uh, medical catastrophe that has ever happened, and if you catch this, especially as an old person, it's basically a death sentence. Doesn't seem to be the truth. But, and what are you basing that on, Val? What What are you now? People should know that you are a Fox News viewer, right? And you are a Trump fan. So, how much is that uh, playing into your perception of this being overblown? I don't think that it has anything to do with a particular uh, whether you're uh, a Trump fan or whether you're. Uh, I, I mean, it just doesn't matter. A health issue is a health issue. But it's so you, got nothing to do with. Um, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or whatever you happen to be, it doesn't matter. So you believe that not only is our uh, is our reaction 
overblown, but you think that the fear is overblown. You you don't. It's not even. A, it's not even a matter of you saying, "Well, let's let basically all the old people die because we're going to yeah. uh, that we're going to because you're going to die soon anyway." Uh, you're you're saying that you think that the actual fear of this is overblown. It's far overblown. I think that the numbers should be checked by America. I do not believe that all these people that they're telling us are dying are dying of this particular virus. I do believe a lot of people around the world, it was a very, very bad flu season, and we've had those before. We haven't compared the numbers of the flu deaths to the deaths from corona. And um, I don't believe that we've had any any good... Um, numbers out of China. I don't believe that all of a sudden they don't have any new cases. If this was that virulent, they've surely got new cases, and they're not telling us the truth. Okay, but it sounds to me like you're you're making two different arguments. I mean, if China's not telling us the truth and they don't really have things under control, shouldn't that be cause for worry? Well, we can worry, but I don't think that you can isolate the world. Um, I, <laughs> I mean... You know, America is usually very, very honest, and I think we should just increase our testing. Don't shut everything down. You cannot isolate everybody with a virus because you don't know where the virus is. And I think that we, uh, my problem is, how do you get things running again? You well, know, we're trying to shut down the whole country. We're shutting down factories. We're shutting down Every little business, all these businesses, all the, the little businesses are all shutting down very, very fast because they can't maintain the business without uh, a normal society. And I think we'll cause more problems for society by shutting everything down than if we had just continued and isolated the, the, um, the elderly and as soon as we find cases with the virus, we isolate those. Now, I mean this question uh, somewhat facetiously, but not 100% facetiously. Uh, your, your, your husband is heavily invested in the stock market. He's been a stock guy his whole life. Uh, if a few weeks ago your husband had been given the choice, uh, either uh, the stock market is going to crash due to a massive overreaction or potential overreaction to the coronavirus, or the stock market will not be impacted, but he will die of the coronavirus. Which would your husband have chosen? Oh, gosh. I don't honestly know. <laughs> it would have been a tough call, right? It's a tough call. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't sell anything. He didn't panic. Uh, he never panics. I, underst thinks, I understand know, that. Everything she'll just go. In fact, if the stock market goes down, he's quite sure it'll go up again. Well, I'm not as sure it's going to happen anytime uh, soon. I think it's actually going to go down further. But I, my, my point is that the, the uh, stock market crash may have a, a much greater impact on your husband's health than the coronavirus will. Well, that's true. <laughs> now, and, and another thing that's going to have a, a greater impact, potentially, hopefully, assuming you don't get the coronavirus and you don't go outside and, and have your car uh, shut down on you again, um, is, is this issue of being under house arrest and quarantine for at least a month. Tell me, Val, based upon your 77 years of experience, and you've lived all over the world, you've, you've, you've lived a full life, mm -hmm. uh, you've seen a lot of things, how do you think that you guys in particular and society in general is going to handle 
and we're only a few days into this, um, at least a month of a full shutdown from a psychological standpoint. How do you think we're going to handle that? I don't think anybody's handling it very well even now. Anybody with small children are going nuts because the children are locked up inside. We're going to have more accidents from children being locked up inside and parents who are going nuts because the children can't run outside. Um, I think that uh, we just need to get society running as usual and just do more testing. Just well, keep well, on testing. Well, you know, the, the, the Trump critics would say the reason why we don't have enough tests is because of your president, Donald Trump. How, how do you respond to that? I don't know that I could blame any president. I don't think anybody can be in charge of everything. I don't think the government should be in charge of everything. But I do think that uh, they're going, they're trying to do it as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell me from a societal standpoint, how bad do you think this is going to get? I mean, assuming we, are, we stay on this track and, and we shut everything down for at least a month, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I'm, I don't think you'll ever get all the small businesses coming back. Some small businesses close within right, a week. Right. I, I understand that. I agree with that. And that's going to be devastating. But I'm talking about from a societal, cultural standpoint. Societal point of view? I, I, I'm, I'm actually more concerned about how we're going to break apart as a society in the next month than I am everyone getting the coronavirus and dying. Right. Are, do you agree with that concern? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have a sense of how bad you think it's going to get? Well, this distancing from people is, is a wrong move because um, we're trying to bring society together. We're not trying to separate society. Uh, it's bad, and we're losing out on all sorts of fronts. It, you know, education-wise, all these children are out of school. We can't make up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this, you know, let, let's face it, I mean, look, I'm, I'm still hopeful that you and Jan still have uh, uh, at least a few more years uh, of good life left in you. But do you want to be spending those few years you have left in this kind of a situation? No. You, you, just, you don't think it's worth it? Well, at what point do you own my, I have to own my own condition. I think, you know, people have to be warned. But you can't panic. Right. Uh, government isn't in charge of my destiny. I am. Wow, that's a that's a radical thought, uh, and and one I'm glad you shared with us. Uh, Val, is there anything else you want to uh, say about this whole situation? Well, just that um, it's creating world panic. I think, and that has its consequences. I mean, the consequences of children not going to school means that there's nothing. There's no learning taking place. I think it's it's actually quite dangerous to lock people up and say you can't go out and you cannot do this and you cannot do that. Children, young adults, they've got to exercise, they've got to get out, and they've got to, you know, deal with people. You can't lock people up for any extended period of time. Well, Val, thank you so much for uh, sharing your, your, your wisdom with us. Uh, please stay inside and stay safe. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you, John. That actually went way better than I anticipated. Uh, A lot of wisdom there uh, from someone who has lived a very 
long and uh, difficult at times life, both from a medical standpoint as well as what she has faced and and her challenges throughout the world. Uh, Both her and her husband have endured a lot. Uh, They have persevered. Uh, They have lived a full life. They don't want to die, but they also don't want life to end. And it's very interesting that the people that we are doing all of this to save seem to have far more common sense and a lot less panic than those people who are not in that danger demographic. And I I guess there's so many elements of this thing that are confusing as hell to me, and we don't have enough data to know for sure what's based in reality and what's total panic. But if this thing was targeting young kids, you know, I could understand the panic. And it's not just because I have two young kids. Uh, It's because of the way we perceive life. We perceive life as basically this way. You you should expect, if nothing catastrophic happens, to get, you know, 60, 65 good years. After that, you're starting to push it. You know, if if nothing goes bad, you should get the 75 good years. After that, now you're playing with house money. And while no one wants to die, Uh, especially when you're someone like me who doesn't even believe in an afterlife. I believe it just all goes dark, and that's it for you. The movie is over, kind of like the final scene in The Sopranos. Um, But you you at least got to live your life. You got to see your movie to its full extent. It's partially why we were so upset about what happened with Kobe Bryant, because the nine people on that helicopter had not gotten that opportunity. There were three teenage girls who clearly did not get that opportunity and kobe was right in the middle of the prime of life enjoying the fruits of all of his labor as a basketball player that was why we felt so badly about it why it was so tragic i'm not saying older people dying is not tragic i'm saying you don't destroy our entire way of life in order to try to protect people who who are already in a situation where they know they're going to die in the next few years it just doesn't seem to make any sense. And the data doesn't currently support it. And, and now we're in a situation where you're not even allowed to say this. You're not even allowed to say it publicly. You're literally not allowed to say it on Twitter. Otherwise, you're a blasphemer. And you will be shut down. You will be censored. There, we've already seen hardcore examples of this kind of censorship, which always makes me very, very nervous because I think the only reason why you censor a side that is is based in, in at least some semblance of logic and data and common sense is because it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you, the mob feels like they might be being made to look bad, that they might be wrong. And that's why they it must be destroyed. Those people who are doing this must be censored. They must be shut up because they are blasphemous. Yeah, that, that, that to me makes me very nervous. Very, very nervous, but it's only a small part of the overall panic uh, that we're seeing here in California, around the country, and around the world. And again, I get it. This is a scary situation. The unknown is vast. We don't know. We don't, we don't have any faith that the curve is going to suddenly stabilize uh, here in California, or well, actually the, the curve has hardly even started here in California, but in New York especially, uh, or, or in Italy. And I think there are major differences. I get into this in the Individual One podcast. There are major differences between Italy and the United States that are not being fully taken into account. Major, major differences. I am still confident we're not going to be Italy. Our numbers are going to go up dramatically in the next few days. They're going to continue to go up for the next couple, two, three weeks. 
That's the best case scenario. Best case scenario, we're going to see still all of these cases that are, that are essentially were contracted and, and disseminated before we started extreme measures that are working its way through the system before they eventually become statistics. There's a two or three week lag here. And so the stats we're going to see for at least the next two or three weeks are going to continue to be bad. And we're going to see a lot of deaths. But I still do not believe we're going to see deaths anything close to a historical catastrophe standard of the past. And if these are the new standards, well, then you know what? Uh, as Valerie said, we might as well just shut our lives down. I mean, that's because that's what's going to happen. We are creating enormous damage that cannot be rectified, and we are doing so without good data, without good logic, and and based upon the decision making of a very, very small number of individuals, all of whom uh, have distorted self-interest and all of whom are incredibly liberal, especially uh, here in California. But look at all the states that have been the most dramatic in this and have been most dramatically impacted. New York, California, Washington, New Jersey. These are all very liberal states. And as I go into the, into the individual one podcast, Donald Trump is essentially acting to the left of Bernie Sanders now, both economically as well as in his pivot to this being the biggest thing that's ever happened because he now believes this is his only way to survive politically to be a wartime president and pretend that what he said a month ago was no big deal is now uh, an unprecedented event in human history and he's doing everything he can to try to save us from it this is a very bad situation it's going to get worse uh, I don't know, again, how long we're going to be able to continue to do this podcast. We will do it as long as we are able to do so. Thankfully, uh, those that allow us to, to produce this are continuing to allow us to produce it both on Wednesdays and Sundays, and that's my intention to keep doing this as long as I'm allowed outside in my car. I mean, I, I was so – the only time I've panicked in all this had nothing to do with the coronavirus. It had to do with Governor Newsom's edict. When he made that edict, he was shutting down the state. I actually took both of our cars out to get gasoline because I wasn't 100% sure the gas stations were, were going to maintain uh, being open. And I was thinking about getting our family out of the state of California completely, driving to Arizona or maybe even Texas where there's at least somewhat rational – uh, but because uh, of uh, my wife's uh, uh, parents, my in-laws, there was no way that we were going to leave them here in this particular situation. Uh, things have calmed down since then, but you know, when we get the notice that my uh, golf club is finally caving in and shutting down completely, then uh, that might be a completely different story with regard to my panic. But look, I don't want this all to be uh, doom and gloom. Uh, I think there is a scenario here where this does not end up being anywhere close to the worst-case scenario. It is still theoretically possible that we can recoup some of this damage, but some of it is permanent, and it's going to get worse. I mean, the stock market is going to go down again this week. Who knows how much? Uh, I mean, all this is going to create enormous harm for a lot of people, all mostly because of our own panic and our own stupidity. Um, but let's try to get through this the best we can. I hope that you stay safe. I, 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 if, you, if you need someone to uh, make you feel a, a little less panic, feel free to contact me via email or on Twitter, Facebook, what have you, because I'm not going to have much else to do. So I'm happy to try to hold hands. Uh, but this is going to be rough. This is going to be rough. There's going to be some reality to it, but most of it, I believe, is going to be perception. And so I wish you all the best. We'll, uh, hopefully we'll be able to speak to you again soon, uh, and, and we'll see uh, how, how that ends up happening. I, I, I am committed to doing this as much and as long as I can because we are in very, very precarious times. 
sometimes, and there's almost no one who's willing to speak up for the other side of this. And as long as I'm still allowed to and able to, I'm going to do so. All I ask of you is to, to two things. Number one, uh, please share this via social media, Twitter, Facebook, word of mouth, what have you. And uh, number two, do yourself a favor, and if you're one of those people who sleeps, most people aren't getting much sleep these days, and you use sheets, please pay attention to this important message. My name is John Ziegler. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. Coffee? Oh, thanks. How did you sleep? Ugh, like a baby. I don't want to get out of bed, ever. These sheets are mm, incredibly soft. What did you say they're called again? Performance bedding by Sheiks. <laughs> performance bedding? <laughs> yeah, they're made from super high-tech performance fabric. They're incredibly breathable, so you're not waking up at night throwing covers off and then an hour later throwing them back on. Huh, no wonder I slept so good. Since I started using Sheiks, I sleep like a baby. No more sweaty nights for me. No? Well... <laughs> well, I like them because they're soft. They feel like, mmm, silk. Performance fabric, huh? Maybe we should... Oh, I don't know. Try them out again? <laughs> <laughs> Comfort and performance for better sleep. That's Sheiks. S-H-E-E-X. Sheiks. Try Sheiks for 30 nights risk-free. Go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com, promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.